0: I mean, we love the growth and everything, and we've grown tremendously even in the past few years, but we also enjoy the small business feel, and there is kind of a limit to where we want to grow to.
1: This is the Contractor's Corner podcast series from Solar Power World. Hey, everybody. This is Kelsey Misbrenner, Managing Editor with Solar Power World, and I'm here today with Rusty and Amanda Gardner they are with arizona energy pros this is a family owned company based in phoenix they've been doing electrical work since 1977 and i would love to just talk to you guys about how you took over the family business and how solar became a part of it
2: my father's uncle owned the company so he founded it in 1977 and he ran it up to i believe 98 when my father um He approached my dad and asked him, he said, you know, do you want to buy this company? And my dad was in construction already. So he, you know, agreed to buy it from his uncle. So he bought what was originally Fan Doctor Electric. And I believe that was in 1998, early 2000. And then um, from there, you know, the family kind of shifted over and started doing electric work. And kind of started getting away from the home repair side of things. They ended up buying Brass Winds, which was a ceiling fan showroom. Um, the largest ceiling fan showroom in the state of Arizona, actually. So they were pretty proud of that. Um, I believe that happened in 2002. From that point, they just kind of kept growing the electric side of the business until 2006 when my father decided that, you know, he wanted to get into solar. So he called me up and asked me if I was interested. And they said, yeah. So I believe it was 2006, 2007, early 2007 that we took off to California, did some training, learned about the solar um came back. That's when he incorporated Arizona Energy Pros. And that's when we kind of started the whole um solar road. I believe it went through about 2013, 2012. And then he actually sold the fan doctor side, the ceiling fan show room and everything to my brother. And then um, he kept the solar side. We did that for gosh, until 2017, 18. And then we took over financial control or operational control. The next year, financial control. And then in 2020, we made the purchase. So, yeah, it's just been a long road.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Obviously, solar made sense in Arizona to get into. But what were you doing before you got trained up on installing solar?
2: Um, I was in construction in Florida. So I did a lot of painting, a lot of um, firework remodeling stuff like that so when I had originally come out I was doing the re- remodeling with my dad and then I kind of separated off and did a few other things because working with family is hard you know uh, but we did end up back together uh, doing the electric portion. Cool. And,
1: he, and Amanda yeah tell me about your journey to solar.
0: I actually just got into solar in uh, I came over here in 2019 uh, so like he said when his parents Uh, owned this business. And he had worked with them throughout those years. I was off. uh, I went and I had a bachelor's degree in IT and visual communication. And I was working uh, in a completely different industry. I had never anticipated coming and working in the family business. um, But at the time when it was time for them to retire, it just made sense. Uh, The timing was right. Everything just kind of fell into place. And we decided we would put all of our eggs into this basket and just kind of run with it. And that's what we did. So what are, what kind
1: of projects are you doing? Is it mostly residential rooftops, ground mounts? Tell me more.
0: Yeah, we do mostly residential rooftops. We do have a few ground mounts here and there. um, But I would say what 90, probably 99% is just residential rooftop
2: here in Phoenix. Couple commercial jobs sprinkled in, but we don't have anyone that specializes in the sales of the commercial side of things. It's just different. Um, so most of our work is all is residential, and then yeah, our ground mounts maybe equate to five or six a year.
1: What is the competition like in Phoenix? I imagine there are a lot of installers that are oh, yeah. trying to knock doors.
0: <laughs> yeah, the competition is very large. Um, especially in Arizona, I think solar is such a good opportunity for people out here. We've got sunshine. Usually this year we've had more rain, I think, than Mm -hmm. any year I've ever lived here. Um, but most of the time it's a really good option for people so that the competition is huge out here.
1: So let's talk a little bit about how your company stands out from others, um, I I know that you are doing a lot of nonprofit work, which is pretty unique to a smallish company. So tell me how you got into that.
0: Well, first off, I guess I should say that kind of donating time um, and that sort of thing has always been kind of the, the value, a core value of this company. So that came even before Rusty and I took over. But when Rusty and I took over the company, we just really felt like we wanted to allow that to kind of go into um, the employees as well and not just be the shareholders of the company that may be donating funds or donating time or whatever to whatever cause. Uh, We wanted that to kind of become part of the culture. Uh, We came to give power actually uh, through LinkedIn. It was just kind of something had shown up on a, a LinkedIn page uh, and I was like, "Well, what is this? I had never heard of them before. And it was really kind of me. I think actually the next day we had our initial meeting with Give Power, um where we had talked about what they are all about and that sort of thing. And then we just felt like that was something that was right for us.
1: Okay. So what is that partnership like? I understand you guys have a trip planned in July
0: yes we're so excited about that um so the partnership basically is a portion of the solar proceeds goes to give power uh once that solar project is installed and you have a goal uh, in which uh, once this goal is met you get to take 10 employees to a a trek basically Uh, they have several company or i'm sorry several countries that they work with that Are countries in need or villages in need, a lot of them uh, don't have access to clean water uh, or they don't have access to electricity at all. The uh, trek that we will be going on in July is actually a village that doesn't have access to electricity. So uh, our employees that will be selected to go on this, uh, they will join and we will uh, build some kind of power. I don't really know all of the details of it yet, but for this village to have power.
1: What's been your employee feedback on this? Are people like, how do you choose the 10? Are people wanting uh, to go? How does that work?
0: Yeah. So we've had actually a lot of people very interested in going. And I think it's something that's gotten us all really excited. Uh, it's something that I've been really excited to share with the employees, because like I said, it's something that like, we just it's, it's a really awesome feeling to know that we can give back to communities just with our skills. Um, and really their skills. Cause I personally do not have any electric abilities, but, <laughs> um, but, but I get to go along on this as well, but, <laughs> but really they get to go out there and they get to use their skills to help this community. And that really gets them excited.
2: You know, she did a lot of research before we chose to, um, to donate, to give power, actually. She was so originally when we took over the company, we knew we wanted to give back, but we just didn't know how. So I remember our first few meetings, she would pop up at the end of the meeting and say, hey, if anybody has a charity that's heavy on their heart, you know, come see me separately and then maybe we can help them out. So I don't know how many people came to her, but I know that one specifically did and it was um, it was for a food bank. I don't remember the name of it out in on the east side of town. And you know, he came to us and he's like, "My mom, you know, operates this food bank, and I don't know how many times she donated, but I know she started donating to that. So, um, so she's always been looking for a way to give back. And then whenever we uh, found Give Power and started looking into it, um, we realized that one of our financiers, one of the people that provides the loans for our customers, right, they actually cover all of the operational costs of Give Power." So that means that our donations are 100% going to helping the other countries, to help them with the um, desalinification projects, the clean water, the, the power. Um, and then the loan company is paying for all the operational costs. They pay the employees wages, this, that, and the other. So it was like a symbiotic relationship that we had already. And learning that just kind of made that decision a little bit easier.
0: Right.
1: Mm-hmm. Is this something that comes up in conversations when you are talking to customers and saying, "Hey, a portion of your your proceeds are going to go to a great charity too."
0: Um, it didn't in the beginning. Um, once we really developed our marketing team, is when that re- that conversation really started to become um, more common with the customers. Uh, I know that we've we've had that kind of incorporated on the sales side a little bit. but But really, that's not the reason why we chose to do this. We didn't really do it to be recognized by the customers. So it wasn't really like our primary goal to let them know that we were doing this. It was really kind of decided later on that... It's something that the customers might enjoy as well um, and that we're kind of doing them a disservice a little bit by not sharing that with them because it gives them the opportunity to, one, hear kind of about the organization and see what the organization is about, but then, two, also know that they've chosen a company that um, kind of has these goals and these values and that sort of thing. So that's kind of where that comes from. Okay,
1: so back to Arizona, um, what are some trends in rooftop installs that you're seeing in your region specifically?
2: Trends that I'm seeing, I don't know.
1: Yeah, do people want bi-directional EV chargers? Like, what are what's new on the horizon for your customers?
2: We have seen a lot yeah. of EV chargers going in recently. Funny enough, a lot of hot tubs too, which is kind of counterintuitive, <laughs> right? But I mean, we're, we're in Arizona and they use a lot of power, but we've been putting those into, um, no EV chargers are, uh, something that we've been doing a considerable amount of actually, it's funny you mentioned that I just had a text message with one of my distributors today, you know, Hey, how many do you sell a month, blah, 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 because I guess they want to do business as well. Um, so that's one of the things batteries, you know yeah, um third quarter of last year was when we did our battery push, so to speak, where we've got the guys trained up and um we started um uh, trying to sell the batteries out to the customers and and everything's really started working out well there. So we've installed a considerable amount of um, battery power this year and then generators, surprisingly. so um cold country and here we're putting in a few generators for people who, want to make sure that their their homes are backed up i I have today again um over on the east side i just finished a gentleman's house that put in a, a generac battery and he just let me know this morning that his power went out but his tv came back on so everything is okay but his wife had to microwave her coffee but that's okay because they could still open the garage door to leave he had let me know when the power came back on, and you know I, I I was with a a customer, but you know four text messages later, about an hour later, he got his power back on, and he was just he was just so thankful that all that stuff worked, and so so that's pretty cool. That's the first time I've gotten a phone call from a customer that bought the battery that got the. The benefit but you know if i was saying trends it would be ev chargers it would be batteries and a few generators speckled in here and there i think people are realizing that you know power isn't guaranteed and it might be nice to have some sort of backup
1: that's got to be a cool feeling to be like oh i did this i made this guy able to get out of his garage today
2: <laughs> yeah so, so it really is you know we take it for granted um my family owns a cabin up north, and we've had an off-grid solar system up there for years, seven, eight years. So we've been really spoiled, right? We're just used to having electricity. So we, we take it for granted what the batteries are actually capable of. But, yeah, this little text message story today was was pretty cool to, to read, to experience, because it was all new to him, right? He just knows that everybody else is wandering outside looking around, and he's still watching TV, still mm-hmm. has his internet. So it was good.
1: There you go. And that's the word of mouth that helps sell more jobs too. (laughs) Right. We'll be right back. This edition of the Contractor's Corner podcast is brought to you by ScanaFly, the only drone-based solar design software. Learn more about ScanaFly at ScanaFly.com. Now back to the show. Um, What has been the most unique project you guys have installed?
2: I don't think I'm allowed to discuss it.
0: Oh no. <laughs> I was just thinking. <laughs> it, it, it might be.
2: <laughs> We've worked for a, a a very eccentric character that has had us do
0: multiple projects
2: extreme, in extreme locations. Extreme projects in remote locations. Yes. Um and by extreme, I mean like, you know, batteries running air conditioners in the desert underground like it's just it's it's it was it's interesting but I I am under NDA right so i to be really cautious but yeah so he's I mean he at one point we had a um, helicopter hangar that we maintained that was pretty interesting Um, same client just yeah he's he was very eccentric that one was partially underground as <laughs> well yeah. oh my so that's probably the strangest strangest project type stuff we've ever done you
1: guys actually had to sign an NDA
2: oh yeah before he would even before he so not even with him we had to do it with his business manager before they would even let us know who we were dealing with and for the longest time we didn't even know his name we just knew his initials so yeah he was um it's he, like Batman he, yeah kind of <laughs> <laughs> kind of he's, he's not I promise but um <laughs> but yeah it was pretty pretty fun um that was probably the the strangest one we've ever had
1: yeah that sounds like it wow so what is preventing you from installing more projects mm.
2: Gosh, I want to be really honest. So
0: yeah, it's one of the things we kind of enjoy about our company is being a small business. Um, when we first kind of took over this business, I mean, we love the growth and everything, and we've grown tremendously even in the past few years, which has been amazing. Um, but we also enjoy the small business feel, and there is kind of, kind of a limit to where we want to grow to. Uh, We, we we're a small family owned business. That is something that we take pride in. Um, We really have close relationships with our employees. They're not just numbers to us, which is something that's always been really cool. They have direct access to the owners of the company, which is something that I think is uh, awesome for them as well. Um, And so you know i don't want to sit here and say that we are the reason <laughs> that that they're you know kind of getting in the way of that more growth i guess you could say but in a way we kind of are because we do we don't necessarily need to be the leaders uh the biggest solar company in arizona or in the world we we think that there's enough opportunity in arizona and everywhere um, that there's room for all of us. Uh, we just enjoy the peace that we get
2: to have. And then we've also found that the larger you get and the quicker you get there, the harder it is to hold your finger on the pulse, right? So we want to make sure that our clients are taken care of, taken care of them in a timely manner. Um, and yeah, sure. You can always get robust management. You can do this. You can do that. You can grow the company. But um, I feel like the the more employees you have doing the work, the less of um, you that is left in the company. And that's one of the things that the company was based on. I mean, it was, it started off as a small company. Um, we kind of want to keep it that way. Now by small, we do manage to get a few employees, <laughs> um, but we, we like to keep it to where, like she said, we um, celebrate the families, you know, for our holidays. It's it's the entire family that comes, you know, we don't just bring the employees. Uh, so we like to keep it tight knit and just where we kind of, we are available and we do know who works for us.
1: Um, what are some future product trends you're looking forward to?
0: I think the EV integration is definitely kind of where things are moving to. I mean, just the EV uh, cars being more readily available, I think is amazing. And it's an awesome opportunity for growth in that way. And I definitely think that that is a trend um, that we wanna be a part of. And it's something that we have uh, incorporated even on our electric side. It doesn't have to be, EV chargers don't have to come with the solar. Obviously it's more beneficial when it does, um, because then you're generating power with your solar power, but EV chargers are going to be an important way of the future.
2: You know, and I think the manufacturers are picking up on that as well because we sell Enphase as our inverters, um, and Enphase, of course, has their AC module batteries. Right? Uh, they've just recently come out with a car charger as well. So I think the the manufacturers are starting to jump on board with bringing the whole solution. the customer rather than having us piecemeal it like we have been for years and years and years where we can put this car charger in we can put this battery in but this is the inverter manufacturer so if anything streamlined it would be the fact that when we show up to a house to do any kind of service it's just a simple phone call to one manufacturer we can deal with the car charger we could deal with the battery we can deal with the inverters whatever the case may be it's one simple phone call versus having that whole um, encompassing group of people. It also allows for the homeowner to monitor everything that's going on, all in the same location, right? Because everything is going smart home. Everything, you know, everybody wants to go buy the plug that they can plug in that they can control with their phone. But that plug doesn't communicate with the doorbell, and the doorbell doesn't communicate with Amazon, and Amazon won't talk to Siri, right? So if we add one more to that mix, we at least want it to encompass as much as it possibly can. And I think that the manufacturers are doing a pretty good job of advancing that portion of it.
1: Yeah, I mean, I can imagine that would save a lot of time and headaches just being able to have one troubleshooting phone call.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, remember, I remember the old days. You would show up, and you know somebody else had installed the system, and then they want to add to it, so you install the system. There's two different inverters on site. There's two different monitoring systems on site. You have to figure out which one you're calling first. You know, it was it was back in the good old days, right? But everything's a little easier today.
1: Good. As far as OM in general, is it our companies getting better at being more responsive? Is there better like text options? How what's that landscape?
2: I don't know that it's getting any better. Uh with us to manufacturers or with us to customers?
1: Um to manufacturers.
2: Yeah, I guess, gosh, I could go back and forth on that. I think the manufacturers are doing a very good job of staying up to date with the ability for us to contact them. Now, what I what I mean by that is sometimes they get overwhelmed, right? And it doesn't matter how many ways we have to contact them. It's it's not great. But um I do know that a lot of them have gone to chats and to automatic um, RMAs and have started making our job a lot easier here from the office, which reduces our tech time out in the field, which is amazing, right? Because when you're using fuel and you're using um uh you know, highly paid service labor to go out and sit in the field and wait on a phone call to come back, then it gets pretty expensive. So on the o side, I think they have come a long ways as far as giving us the ability to communicate with uh, manufacturers. And I know we've tried to do the same thing where we're communicating with the customer, hey, you know, shooting them a text message, hey, we're on our way, hey, um, your part's been ordered, hey, your RMA just came in. So that we're trying to kind of relay that same information out.
1: Okay, cool. And you're available to your customers after install for O&M? Yes. Yes.
2: So for the first two years, um, unless it is a known defect, I believe we just roll the truck out to check on what's going on. Um, After that, then, of course, we do have have fees. But yeah, we carry a 10-year service warranty. And then everything that we install, okay, the major components that we install carry a 25-year warranty minimum. So yes, we do, um, do operations and install on all of our systems. And we service other people's systems too because a lot of customers are kind of left hanging if a company goes out of business, they don't know who to call. Mm-hmm. So we'll service those systems as well. Okay, cool.
1: Any last thoughts about solar or Arizona solar?
2: You know, I'm... My only concerns are with the rising interest rates, how, how much we are going to be able to keep uh, moving forward, because ultimately that affects the, um, you know, payback that the customer gets because they're still getting loans for the, for the solar, right. So it's going to raise their, their loan payments. And, and with loan payments being higher, it drastically reduces the amount of money that they can save at least initially. Right. Um, so that's a that's a bummer. That's one of the things that we're kind of looking to. I know that other solar companies are um, seeing a reduction in sales, and uh, it's just kind of kind of tough there.
1: Well, thank you both so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Thank you
0: Thanks. so much.
1: This has been another edition of Contractors Corner. Join us each month as I talk to solar contractors across the country. Thanks for listening to the Solar Power World podcast. Visit us online at solarpowerworldonline.com for more great featured content and breaking solar news. See you back here next month.